you're the one for me when you need. Oh, I don't want to sing that. I want to sing. If it's cool, I'll lay beside you. If it's cool, I'll lay beside you. If it's cool, I'll lay beside you. On Hawaii, make we be. Tuesday and Thursday, 8 a.m. is Spark you with blunt, let's get high in this bitch. Wake and wake, wake and be more. What's up? You know, we have a whole intro, and you still didn't lay that down. We didn't lay that intro down. I don't think the people are quite <laughs> ready. We got a whole eight-track album. We do. Because <laughs> it's the Black Family Vlog. <laughs> I think you're pretty. No pretty backside. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning to all the best people in the world. Good morning to my Wake and Bake with Bemo Nights. Good morning to my people on Instagram. Good morning to the people on Twitter. Good morning to the people on YouTube. Just as a trick, you know, cool trick for the trade. If you want to see the full screen of what's happening this morning, come on over to, um, come on over to YouTube uh, and see the whole thing. Go to the Instagram devil thing and press start streaming. Where is it? The little devil horn oh, thing okay. to play. Oh, it wasn't? Okay. Um, yes, just a tr cool trick of the trade. If you want to see the full screen, if you want to see everything that's happening in these corners and in these lower thirds, it's best for you to come on over to YouTube. Come check us out. There's really cool things happening over there. Oh, we didn't do the intro. We in the cold open still. Oh, we're still in the cold open. Bad. See, after the cold open, then we go. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> but I just, you know, um, did I have anything I really wanted to talk about? Or did I just want to sing? I think you want to sing. If it's cool, I lay beside you. If it's cool, I lay inside you. Is that what he said? No. Uh, <laughs> not, like not lay inside you. Is that what he said? <laughs> it's lay beside. That's my bad. <laughs> That's my bad. Maybe I'm a um maybe I'm a little more dirty than the than the light skinned wonder yards. But either way, hit the intro, sweetheart. Let's get it popping. Welcome you back to another Wake and Bake with BMO. We are a solution-baked podcast. We discuss today's issues with a freshly roll blunt around the new blueprints to black culture. We're like Tom Joyner meets Howard Stern. First thing in the morning, real, raw, uncut, no tobacco, a butt naked, if you will, and a filter. It's just me and my sweetheart. Speaking of which, I'm your host, BMO. Make sure you say good morning to the lady of the house, Imani. Hey, good morning, y'all. And when I say say good morning, I mean you better type in the chat. <laughs> you better send a telegram, nigga. You better Morse code. You better send a thought. All right? I don't see no carrier pigeons outside the window. Send it out. Uh, 
Make sure we're saying good morning to the lady of the house. This morning's episode is, brow- is proudly brought to us by the Washington Informer Bridge. Uh, more content from a black-ass source. If you want to check them out, go to WIBridgeDC.com or at WIBridgeDC on all social media networks. They had an uh, interesting story about my man Jeff Tribble. He was the he was the cover story. Oh, yeah? You know, I had to unfollow Jeff. I get too jealous too fast. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, you're pretty and successful, you son of a <laughs> loving woman. <laughs> Uh, and definitely check out my man, the Media Prince. His second season of What's Going On DC is coming up very, very soon. Uh, if you're ever worried or wonder how I'm up to date with all the tea and the news happening in this renaissance city of Washington, D.C., it's because I watch the Media Prince. I'll be honest with you. I watch the Media Prince, and he tells me what's going down in the words that I can understand. Uh, and, and then lastly, if you are interested in donating to the show, the Wake and Bake with BMO is a very expensive show. You know I like to keep it transparent with y'all. Uh, we're always looking for donations, so make sure you go to bmoauthentic.com backslash rent D-A-R-E-N-T. Put some on the rent. Put some on the show. We'd highly appreciate you. We'll give you a quick shout-out in the show. And who knows? Maybe your patronage could lead you to an event, a Wake and Bake with BMO live mm. event mm. give him the mm tease again mm. <laughs> <laughs> eyebrows eyebrows <laughs> eyebrows eyebrows <laughs> this morning's topics uh this morning we're going to continue our exploration of what corny is and then we're going to expand that by talking about some black specific superlatives uh we also have our paul roberson negro of the week you got to go all the way up where you're up there and, and, and in respect to Paul Robeson. Uh, and then lastly, I want to have a, an interesting conversation about uh, the relationship I have with the women of Creative Theory Agency. Okay. But first up, I don't know if you fixed the intro. I, w- I was working on it. Oh. We, we ain't there yet? Not yet. Not okay, yet. not yet. Okay, that's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Let's just jump into the first topic then, if that's cool with you. Um, put up the screen with all the corny people again. So I just want to give you a a brief recap. If you'd missed Tuesday's episode, shame on you. Go back and watch it for more more context. But on Tuesday, we put out, we were having a discussion about what is the most uh, uh, damaging negative superlative that you could get in the black community. Mm -hmm. Uncle Tom. Mm Man, Uncle Tom just cut through. Right. I, you know, and I wonder, the conversation we also had on Tuesday was about the, insen- the insensitivity that grows as we separate through time. I wonder if you call a Gen Z nigga Uncle Tom, if he would be like, that's not my name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an uncle, I'm and my name ain't Tom. <laughs> right. We had Jigaboo on there, Lost. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good one. Boy, you lost. Right. Uh, and then Corny was on there. We think that Corny is one of those... Uh, is right up there, right? And especially if it's black specific, like you have black, black famous, black famous, like uh, 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 oh, golden time of day. What's my man's name? Mays and Franklin Beverly. Beverly. Goodness, goodness gracious! <laughs> Don't take my black card, everybody. Everybody, uh, like we have black famous people. There are black infamous insults, and we believe that corny is on there. Now, before we left, we wanted to, we wanted to. Uh, get a working definition of what corny was. The people on the screen? Mm-hmm. So over here we have the Will Smiths of the world. We have your Donald Glovers. You have your, um, I cut the shit out of myself somewhere. Was it the, the hammer? Huh? The Maybe. 
maybe it was a nail. Maybe I fell. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, you got your Donald Glovers of the world. You got your Will Smiths of the world. You have all these individuals who are called corny. And the lady at the house and I were trying to get a working definition of actually what corny was. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to Kendall last night at the Yacht Show, which if you missed it, you missed a good one. The boy good. Yeah. If it's cool, I'll lay beside you. If it's cool, I'll lay beside you. Um, talking to Kendall last night, and Kendall was like, Kendall gave a hypothesis. He said, is corny essentially just doing too much, trying too hard, mm-hmm. right? And we had a, a brief moment of, of agreement. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. It's doing too much, going too hard? But I feel like it's it's not an authentic energy like there's a difference between going too hard and being authentic in that and then there's going too hard to i guess achieve an end goal or you Mm. know let me ask you this question what's the difference between will smith and kanye west (laughs) i feel like kanye isn't afraid to say how he actually feels but will smith is very much polished in the media. Mm. Like, even if he exposes things about himself, it's still... Doggy style. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the So while we were gone, I read the mm-hmm. read the Will Smith book, right? Um, and then we watched that damn cootie. <laughs> Good Lord. Keep the camera still, cootie! <laughs> Good Lord, <laughs> ain't no focus. We more in focus now than Cootie was the whole time. Right. Whole time having focus. Oh, you know what I want to talk about in the cold open? We'll get to maybe right before the ad. Um, anyway, um, watch the Kanye documentary. Listen to the Will Smith book. Mm-hmm. I could tell you if I wrote down the characteristics on a T-chart mm-hmm. right next to each other, they'd be exactly the same. Talking about Kanye? I'm talking about the Kanye West we know now and the Will Smith we know now. Okay. If you didn't read the book, one of the things that Will Smith said in his book that I thought was actually pretty brilliant was um, in his growing up in his matriculation into the hip-hop world, he created a persona to help protect himself from the trials and tribulations that Will Smith would go to. So the Fresh Prince or Big Willie or whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way that there is a there is a BMO and there's a Bryant Brown. There's a BMO persona that's out here trying to protect Bryant Brown from all his insecurities, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when he was saying that, and he was talking about that, he was saying that in the past tense, saying that his future self was going to be more authentic towards how he actually is. Okay. Um, when I look at Kanye... The Kanye we know now and the Will Smith we know now are both authentically themselves, both always doing too much, always living on the extreme, always prophesying. The thing that actually drives me crazy about Will Smith, it's like every sentence he's saying is like a life-changing piece of advice. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe I just don't like niggas who talk in the, in the definite. See, the trick of life is <laughs> when you get to the cliff, you gotta jump. No, nigga, you was at a cliff and jumped. Ain't no the secret to life. My ass. So is that what makes him corny to you? But when you listen to Kanye talk, he says the same thing. I'm the biggest rock star in the world. Hip-hop, the new rock star. I'm the biggest rock star in the world. That whole watching him from Cootie's purview, this man, like we said yesterday, if we met Will Smith, the Will Smith that we know mm-hmm. on a... um. 
on a social media level is probably the Will Smith we know in real life. Mm -hmm. It's probably the same person. Right. Same thing with Kanye. I don't think if we hung out with Kanye, we'd be like, oh, man, <laughs> what a quiet, introspective right. person. Like, the media is really painting him to be a picture. No! Yeah. <laughs> that nigga is that nigga. But we're using this conversation to have, we're using the comparison to figure out, because would you ever say that Kanye is corny? No. Why? <laughs> he has all the makings of corn. So then what is it, right? So Yash said yesterday, corn is a feel. Yeah. We know Bow Wow was corny. That's not the point of the conversation. We already know. We just want to know how, what parts of Bow Wow relate to Will Smith but don't relate to Kanye West. That's right. This morning we're doing cultural algebra. I, I do feel like it's the inauthenticity because Bow Wow has Fake been caught. Hell. Yeah, oh he's been caught so many times. Um. Okay. For some reason on my Instagram, I'm super blown up now. What? Oh my god. I don't know what's going on, y'all. <laughs> um what that just happened. Today? I don't know. That just happened. That's interesting. Oh, maybe maybe it's just my screen. Okay. Uh my bad, y'all. Um and good morning to my Instagram people. I see you uh Natalie is on the line. Nice. Hey, now. How you doing? Hey. Oh, Danny, Danny. <laughs> Good morning, truck, the big dog. Good morning. I love to give my shout-outs. Hey. I love to give my shout-outs. Um, what was I just saying? Well, I, I said it was the inauthenticity. The inauthenticity. Yeah. So the, so the, the triangle question, the, the, the trigonometry question we're asking this morning is, if Kanye... If Kanye is not corny, mm -hmm. but Will Smith and Kanye can be likened to have similar personality traits, what is it about, wh what part of Will Smith is more Bow Wow than Kanye? <laughs> and you're saying it's the inauthenticity. Yeah. You believe Will Smith is inauthentic? You yeah. can be real now. He ain't gonna watch this. Yeah, in a, in a sense, because I feel like he still has to appease people mm. true will smith one of my favorite rappers one of my favorite black people if i'm being honest with you will smith is for the masses though right this is the the godfather he's of he's safe right and may uh oh are you saying that safety is inauthentic no <laughs> are you sure because I feel like Wayne Brady's safe, but, oh, he's, is he on here, too? Yeah, he is. I don't think he's corny, though. <laughs> I feel like Wayne Brady's safe in corner. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, Wayne Brady's safe, but I don't think he's inauthentic. Well, I don't see much of Wayne Brady, so I don't know. Maybe it's the presentation of what inauthenticity is. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, maybe that's the source of the corn. Mm-hmm is the perception of inauthenticity. But why would we think that Wayne Brady is inauthentic? Is it because of his alignment to whiteness? Mm -mm. <laughs> but I wouldn't say Bow Wow is really aligned to whiteness, though. No, he's just fake. I feel like there's different <laughs> there's different levels to inauthenticity, oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Right, right, right? So, like... So, like, and Drake is on there. Mm -hmm. So then... What's inauthentic about Drake? Everything. Good <laughs> Lord. Never mind. I said it out loud. <laughs> My From his goodness. accents to 
My goodness, this you're right. You, mm. In authenticity, right. and I'm seeing it couched in two places. Okay. I'm seeing inauthenticity as it as it pertains to authentic to the black experience, mm-hmm. right? So if you are going against the black experience, i.e. a Wayne Brady, mm-hmm. which could also be considered a Kanye if, if we put it in there. But right. I feel like because Kanye is like a, a fashion guru, he can't be called corny. Anyway, okay. um, uh, Wayne Brady, who is perceived as inauthentic because of his cultural proximity to whiteness, which really is not his fault. Maybe the tight pants fault, but it's more like whose line is it anyway? Mm-hmm. He was a token black dude on whose line is it anyway? Mm-hmm. Which then means, like, if that's the case, are other tokens also corny? Like, who's another token? Mm. Who is another token? Who's another token? Like, um, keep thinking about that. So there's two lane. There's this. There's one lane of inauthenticity. The uh, the inauthentic approach to blackness. There's another lane of inauth- inauth- or inauthenticity, which is. Just fakeness. Right. The fact that Bow Wow saying there's a group of white girls following him around and snickering like they don't know it's him. Nigga, we know it's you. (laughs) (laughs) We know it's you. Get out of here. What you had? You had a thought. I seen the face. I seen that. Oh, I have a thought face. Well, I was thinking about Nick Cannon, but I wouldn't consider him. I don't think he's a token. And he's already been. Nick Cannon was a token, though. He was, but he's been canceled. He was canceled? Yeah. Who? Didn't he make those anti-Semitic remarks? Well, he wasn't canceled by the black community, oh, though. Oh, well, no, not the black community. Oh, black community, though. Yeah. You know, and, you know, as, as, as much as I be wanting to be upset with Jewish people about the um, the anti-Semitic remarks and how they go hard in public, I, you know, I get it. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get it. I just wish, and maybe this would be the thing that that get me canceled, I just wish they had that same sensitivity towards us when it comes to systems that remind us of... Uh, enslavement and, and Jim Crow and oppression and such, right? Um, but, you know, we'll talk about it another time. Huh. Inauthenticity, one being corny equals inauthenticity, which means a a fraudulent expression of the black experience or a perceived uh, fraudulent experience uh, mimicking whiteness. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So corny is Uncle Tom. Yeah. Cause when you when you were saying that I was thinking coon, so yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. Right, right. Holy, I didn't think we was going in there. I didn't think we was gonna get there. <laughs> right. I'm so glad we on the show. Wow, I didn't think we was gonna come all the way around the circle and realize that the word that we use to exemplify what a black negative superlative is is still the same thing. If you corner, you a coon. Right. You coon it. Except now, you could be an advanced coon, which means like you faking to be black. Right. Inauthentic black experiences. Wow. <laughs> Wow. And I like to say that all these things are built on perception. We don't know Wayne Brady. I don't feel like Wayne Brady is not one of those dudes where I feel like, oh, if I bumped into him, that's the dude I see on TV. Right. I feel like he might be like a little more subdued than like a real person, right? Right. Drake, mm, not so much. Um, Right. Interesting thought. Okay, cool. What I wonder what the Wake and Bake with Bebo Nights think. I want y'all to drop a comment. Let me know. Are we close? Does corn equal new age coon? Mm. Could corny also equate lost? And the other negative superlatives that we put out? Hmm. Hmm. I'd like to take a time before we move on to the next thing. Maybe maybe let's brainstorm some black affirmations. Okay. Right? Okay. So we did the superlatives. What are some things that black people say to each other all the time 
And when you say it, it's like, ah, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite <laughs> of the coon effect. It's like, oh, okay, I, I fucked with that. Yeah. Our favorite so far to the people is be safe. Mm-hmm. Whenever you leave another black person, say be safe, and you just watch their face be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll be safe too. <laughs> yeah. What else? What's another black satirical is? I feel like go ahead. Go on. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You know, the energy of hyping up another black person. Uh oh! I, I'm trying to be like you. I'm trying to be right, like right. you. Right, I'm, trying yeah, like you. <laughs> I'm trying to be like you. Let me hold something. <laughs> I see you. I, I see you. you. Let me hold something. Right. Oh man, great. Okay. Huh? Corn and coon, same thing. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next. Up. We got any comments? We don't have any comments on Instagram. Any comments? Mm-mm. That's fine. The people will catch up one day. Corn and coon. We still look good? Mm-hmm. Okay. We For good. sure. For sure. Now, as we're preparing to roll the blunt, I have to um, I have to make a confession. Okay. This is what I want to talk about in the cold open. So, this morning, you and I spent good time putting up a fucking <laughs> um, curtain rod to hang a shower curtain off of so we can diffuse the sunlight that's coming in. Mm-hmm. And I would love to say that I had this thought like, oh, man. Uh, on Tuesday, I was like, oh, man, you know, we got to really diffuse the light. I hadn't thought about it before. But the truth of the matter is, <laughs> niggas had told me before, <laughs> B, you got to diffuse the light. I ain't diffusing shit. <laughs> <laughs> start to cut, cut our first ad. People give us a little money to, to, to do our advertising. We start to cut our first ad. And I noticed that the the <laughs> the screen is too overexposed. So mm-hmm. what I got to do? I got to get a goddamn curtain rod and a fucking shower curtain. So that's what we did. So I would just like, like I said yesterday, I would like to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to apologize to all the good, smart Negroes who told me what to do. And I still didn't listen. But while we're doing that, um, it's rolling time, right? We're getting to roll this blunt. Today's roll time uh, is being brought to us by the good people over at Crab Shack Music. Check out, uh, check out CrabShackMusic.com. My man, Jack Kilby, great. He's killing it over there. Uh, if you need some studio session, you need some mixing, you need some mastering, or if you need like just some general advice about what to do in the studio, call my man, Jack. Hit CrabShackMusic.com or go to CrabShackMusic on Instagram. Tell him BMO sent you, and he can hook you up with some great sessions. As a good example, right, uh, I want to show you all this video. You showing the video? Not yet. Go ahead. Okay. I want to show you this video. Uh, that Jack and some of the greatest DC musicians put together. It's a cover of Mac Miller and Ariana Grande's song. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Roll this blunt. That's being uh, sponsored by Street Lawyer Services DC. And we'll be right back with more Wake and Bake with Remo. Rushing into love 
don't let them hurt you ever I know you're far too smart Before things come together They've got to fall apart Even though I'm always sober Sometimes life still gets hard I really just want to sit around And talk about you Cause you don't You don't know just how beautiful you are that's my favorite part And you walk around So clueless to it all Like nobody gonna break your heart It'll be alright, yeah See me, I got you covered I'm gonna be your lover You might be the one, yeah If it's only tonight You are now listening to We don't need to worry Crap Shack music, or simply, you can call him what my man is, and <laughs> what his mom and God calls him, <laughs> or the IRS. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jack Kilby. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your time. So much love in the room right now. We just wanted to share it with you. Hopefully, you pass it along. Oh man, we want to thank the. 
We want to thank the good people over at Crab Shack Music for sponsoring this rolling session. Make sure you go over to crabshackmusic.com. Tell my man Jack that BMO sent you. If you need some mixering, some mixering, some mixering. <laughs> if you need some mixing, some mastering, if you need some consultation or studio time, if you need studio time yourself, want to lay down that track that's been on your heart for a long time, hit up my man Jack. you seen the work that he, just, he did just now. This shit is great. Mm -hmm. And the boy on the drums. The yeah. boy good, too. Yeah. All right? I told you about Mark Meadows. Watch the show yesterday to see how Mark, Mark Meadows whooped my ass on the basketball court. This rated G-ass fella kicked my ass on the court. Good Lord. <laughs> Those be the ones. Those be the ones. My man got the soft S curl. My man looked like baby face. Damn near dunked on my ass. Looking like a damn fool. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, good morning to my people over on Instagram. If you want to see the full version, make sure you go over to YouTube. We there. It's okay. full live. It looks good. The yeah. light is diffused. We look great. Um, but let's get over to, oh, before we get to our next topic, we want to give a, a huge shout out. Huge shout out to today's sponsor. Today's Blunt has been gifted by the good people over at Street Lawyer Services DC. This morning we're smoking on a wonderful hybrid sativa dominant uh, Pacific Sun. Oh, Pacific Sun. We love sativas. We're not here to cut niggas over here. Really not. Cause unless man, it's bedtime. Unless it's bedtime. Yeah. Papa Benny, smoking indica. <laughs> Boy, call it heroin. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell my truth on the show. I can't tell my truth. <laughs> you just go. <laughs> put it out there. Put it out this morning. There. I'm sorry. We are, uh, to this morning's Blunt has been gifted by Street Lawyer Services DC. Make sure you check them out on Instagram, uh, Street, Law Street Lawyer DC on Instagram, or Street Lawyer Services Miami, Street Lawyer Services New York City. Lonnie, the street lawyer, really good dude. Mm -hmm. Really good dude. White dude. Got into the, got into the cannabis game. Uh, is in the I-71 space, so all you need is your ID. You don't need no special card from the doctor. Just go with a little bit of cash in your pocket. Go down. It's on A Street. Go down to Street Lawyer Services, D.C. High-quality bud that you can trust. Now, I love the weed man. Because yeah. loving the weed man is loving black business. Right. You feel me? I love the weed man, but sometimes that nigga guessing. Right. Okay? This ain't a guess. This morning we have Pacific Sun, sativa-dominant, Hybrid, very, uh, very, very interested to smoke this this morning as we get to our next topic. So thank you, Street Lawyer Services, D.C. Let's get back to the show. What does it smell like? What's it smell like? Oh, let's do a little review. This morning we smell, well, you, you tell me. You got a better nose. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> let's see. Hey, you cute. Okay. <laughs> smells fruity. So we got a, so, yeah. yeah, smells fruity. The thing that I like about mm -hmm. Street Lawyer Services is a good jar. Yeah, right. It's I don't know if y'all can glass. tell. It's a good jar. It's a glass jar. It's got good labeling on there. It's got a QR code so you can check out exactly what the strain is doing for you. Uh, as far as smell goes, mm. Yeah. And it got a cute sticker on the top. Mm. The strain. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Fruity sativas. I love Fruity it. Fruity sativas. All day, every day, fruity sativas. But as we spoke this blunt, we must have the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week Award winner. Woo! <laughs> this week's Paul Robeson Negro of the Week is a, a gentleman who chose vulnerability and honesty as his way to express his boundaries. I want to give a huge shout-out and a huge Hand of support, a huge, a huge high five of love to the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week. You got it queued up? Mm -hmm. My man, Mr. Russell Westbrook. Let's listen to his comments after an NBA game. 
Yeah, you know, um, I think, you know, for one, you know, I, I 100% stand behind my wife and how she's feeling because um, it's not just about this year. Um, right now, again, if you want to see the full screen, um, we have the video playing up on YouTube. You can't see it on, it's on really Instagram, but if you them, want to see the full um, thing, it's very on unfortunate. Um, just for me personally, because um, this is just a game. This is just a game. This is not end all be all. And when it comes to basketball, I don't mind the criticism of missing and making shots, but the moment it becomes where you, sh you, you know, my name is getting shamed, um, it becomes a, a, a issue. Um, I've kind of let it go in the past, you know, just because it never really bothered me, but um, it really kind of hit me the other day. Honestly, I was, uh, me and my wife was at um teacher parent conference for my son. <clears throat> um, and the teacher told me, she's like, uh, Noah, he's so proud of his last name. He writes it everywhere. He writes it on everything. He, he tells everybody, walks around and says, I'm Westbrook, Westbrook, that's his last name. And it kind of, I kind of sat there in shock and it hit me like, damn, like I can no longer allow people, um, you know, for example, Westbrook to me is now shaming, like it's shaming my name. It's, it's uh, my legacy for my kids. It's a name that means not just to me, but to my wife, to my mom, my dad, uh, the ones um, that kind of paved the way for me. And and that's just one example. I mean, that kind of hit myself and my wife in a, in a place where um, it's not great, man. And, and you know, I think a lot of the, a lot of times, you know, I let it slide, but it's now time to put a stop to to that and put it on notice. Like, there's a difference. So the reason why we have um, the reason why I have Russell Westbrook as the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week is because of his bravery to do so. Now, I don't like to usually talk about sports as much because I feel like it to be a, a divisive conversation. But what I think everyone can agree on is that in this moment, the name that the media has given Russell, Russell Westbrook of Russell Westbrick is bothering Russell. Right. Uh, and one of the things he says in there that really, like, really triggered my, my reason to give him the Paul Robeson Negro of the Week, he said, it's just a game. Like we're playing a child's game. Right. This game, regardless of the billions and trillions of dollars that is brought over this year and over a lifetime, 75 years of the, NFL, of the NBA, this game means nothing to me mm -hmm. if my son is not proud of his last name. Right. What the fuck is this game got to do with the pride that my son feels? What does this game have to do with the pride of my last name? Mm. What I didn't hear Russell say was, don't talk bad about me. What I didn't hear Russell say was, I'm, I am playing great. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear him try to escape accountability. I didn't hear him try to uh, evade the natural negativities that come with playing public basketball or being a public figure. Right. My man simply said, put some respect on my name. Right. You can call me Mr. Brick. And he asked respectfully. Yes. Play the reaction. Out of it. They didn't call him out of his name. They didn't call him Boyd like somebody did in Utah. They didn't make no, they didn't make no ape gestures, no monkey. They didn't call him the N-word. 
They did none of that. This is on his plate. This ain't got nothing to do with him. It's his plate that led him. Magic Johnson. It was the headline, Tragic Johnson. Every arena he went to, Tragic Johnson, until he changed that narrative. Magic had won two finals, two finals MVPs at that point in his career, and they called him Tragic. Mm. He didn't say a word. He said, you know what, I'm going to put my head down, I'm going to get me three more titles, and I'm going to win me some three MVPs, and I'm going to shut all this up. All Russ has to do is play better. Stop talking about all that, my son, my kid. Bro, ain't nobody trying to hear that because you need to play better because that's being a professional athlete. Trust me. I'm sure my mom and my girlfriends at the time heard people say, Shannon Sharp, you're a bum. Shannon, you're not sharp. You're not your brother. All that that comes along with the territory. As long as you weren't calling me the N or you weren't calling me no racial tones, I'm good with it Mm. because guess what? I'm going to come back. I'm going to play better, and you'll clap for me, and you applaud me the next time. We understand there are certain things that come along with our job. When you play bad. I can't take it, can't take it Shannon. I can't do it. I can't take it, Shannon. I can't. You got to shut the fuck up. You got to shut the fuck up, Shannon Sharp. You got to shut, shut the fuck up. First off, first off, because you see I'm about to get attitude. <laughs> first off, the thing that bothers me most about what, the, not even, I don't even want to quantify it. What, one of the things that bothered me about what Shannon Sharp just said, he put the floor of respect at not calling me boy and not calling me nigga. Right. The floor, the entryway to respect, Shannon Sharp says the entryway to respect for a black man is by avoiding calling me racial epithets. Wow. That's an old blueprint. Right. That's some 19... 1897 type shit. Even the fact he said he was okay with all the names you call him as long as it's not boy or the N-word. No, you, you shouldn't be okay. You should, right, you shouldn't you be, okay. be okay. Right. In what, in what reality is the disrespect of someone's name just supposed to be accepted? Right. Let me tell y'all a little secret. You spell BMO, capital B-E, capital M-O. A lot of y'all niggas put the little M in there. I'd be offended. Mm-hmm. And I'd be too scared to be like, hey, can you capitalize that M? Because I don't want to put too much pressure on you. Mm-hmm. But that's not living in my truth. You know what that is? That's corny. That's inauthentic. Uh-oh. Damn, I <laughs> Uh-oh. Right? Right? Damn, we all do it like, oh, uh, uh, one of my mans at work. I'm not going to say who it was. Somebody that people, were, uh, they look at his name and they say his name wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. This is literally one of the most powerful looking men I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of the most powerful men in business that I know won't correct names. Wow. No disrespect to my mans. You'll be watching right now. No mm-hmm. disrespect to my mans. But I feel like there is something in us that that doesn't allow. We don't got enough Larry David in us. Yeah. When I was watching, we were watching, when we were uh, um, binging Curb, yeah. I feel like I, I can say anything. I can tell my truth <laughs> as much as I could. Because what the fuck is uncomfortability for? Right. Haven't watched Curb in two weeks. And all of a sudden, this like, I don't even call it fear, like this apprehension mm-hmm. to... To stand up for yourself yeah. when you feel like you need to, and that's why I feel like that's why I feel like Russ is a is a got to be the Negro of the Week because he went one on the nation about his name, right? And the response was, "We don't give a damn about you and your son." What? Wow. We'll talk about, and that's a black man that said that exactly. And I would love to say that Shannon Sharp was the only individual in sports media that was having that take. But the fact of the matter is, everybody got it wrong on Monday, Tuesday. 
everybody got it wrong. Even my favorite, Bomani Jones, got it wrong. Really? The problem here is not heckling in sports, and if you should accept it as a public figure, the problem here is a man set his boundaries. A man told you what was acceptable and unacceptable when it came to respecting himself. And black men on TV said, nah, fuck that, get over it. It happened to me, let it happen to you. That's some slave shit. That's some old blueprint shit. We on new fucking blueprints, page two. Respect this man's name. You know what's in a black man's name? Do you know what's in a black man's name? First off, it's not even my name. I have conquered this name and put it on the benefits of my family. I, Russell Westbrook, have made millions of dollars playing this child's game with my name on my back. And y'all saying, fuck that. Fuck you. I, I haven't, honestly, I really can't even watch ESPN right now. I can't watch uh, for, uh, uh, Fox Sports 1 right now. I can't get it. The blatant disrespect of this man? Russell Westbrook was voted top 75 player of all time. He missed a couple shots and you disrespect his name? Talk about the game. And add on top of that, you know I can't stand no laziness. My man said, don't disrespect my name. If I was at ESPN, if I was one of these sports journalists, you know what that means? We about to have a brainstorm of the most creative names to say that you suck, that don't involve your last name. But these niggas holding on to fucking old blueprints. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Boy, man. (laughs) Man, boy. Save you. We're not perpetuating these cycles. Keep going. We can't we can't see progress as a people if we continue to do the same. It's crazy. Cause it's like I feel like that narrative is not even of blackness. It's not. I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. In a time, in a time in America in the world where we are shifting to calling people what they want to be called, to treating people how they want to be treated, to finding equity in this world. There are black men on TV every fucking day, blatantly disrespecting, clearly outlined boundaries of what another black man has said. Mm -hmm. How can I grow? Right. And y'all talking about it's a game. Yeah, nigga, it's a game. Right. Y'all are grown men wear suits on television to talk about child sports. It's a game. Right. There are things bigger than the game. My name is bigger than the game. Your name is still going to be there at the end of the day. My name is my name. I take it we don't got no comments still. Mm-mm. That's all right. The people don't got a comment. People don't got a comment. This shit go. That shit bothers me so much. Finish out the, uh, play the Shannon Sharp clip one more time. I got to hear it all the way through. Got to hear it all the way. No, I don't. I got to hear it all the way through. What time is it? Uh, 52. Mm. Let's get to our last topic of the day. Um, I'm pretty sure I'll use that as a clip. Uh, but let's get to our last topic of the day. I wanted to take a moment to... Um, uh, I feel myself getting emotional. I want to take a moment to talk about the women of creative theory. Okay. 
But when I say the women of creative theory, I'm actually talking about something larger. We had this conversation in, at, and somewhere in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, creative theory organization that I work with um, put up a post on International Women's Day celebrating the women of creative theory. And when I saw the post, I just I could not stop smiling. Like I could just not, I couldn't like just contain the joy of seeing all of these women in one place in this collaged um, situation. I could just not, I couldn't just like, I just couldn't stop being joyous about it. So I had to take it into to self investigation. I had to figure out what was going on. And the lady in the house, we lady of the house and I, we talked about this in in, in season two, about how uh, my relationship with women has exponentially grown. And I see it's been a year now that I've been working at Creative Theory. Seeing that post, seeing all of these women in one place, reminded me. And I say this selfishly, talking about women, I'm going to talk about myself. Um, it reminded me of how much progress that I have made in my relationship with women. Okay. Here's a fun fact. I've been playing this game with people. Tell me something you don't know about yourself. Tell me something I don't know about you. In high school, I had a summer job at NASCAR Speed Park. We went, right? We went. Yeah. Um, I worked there a total of four years. My first year, I was just turned 16. Uh, I had exuded so much leadership qualities that by the time I returned the next year, they had promoted me to a su- to a supervisor. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, the average age of the supervisor is like 27. Mm-hmm. So I'm 17 as a supervisor. What's not so glorious about this story is, by the end of the summer, I got demoted. Mm-hmm. Why did I get demoted? Because I was trying to holler at every girl <laughs> on staff. And didn't know what the problem was. They brought me in the office, talked to me several times about it, and I didn't. I just couldn't understand what the problem was. I'm 17. Some of them <laughs> older than me. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying to get on. Lord. Got demoted. <laughs> didn't get fired. Got demoted. Should have got fired because yeah. some of the things I was doing was was wild. Especially as a supervisor. Now I was 17. Not to give myself too many excuses. I was 17. But the things I was doing as a supervisor, like, come on, man. If I was 27 doing it as a supervisor, like, they, come on, bro. I'd be front, I'd be front page news. You out here yeah. courting the women. <laughs> Cornerly too, had the saxophone in the parking lot. We'll say that for another conversation. <laughs> we'll say that for another conversation. But I got demoted because of my immature relationship to the women that were on staff. Okay. That burnt a lesson into my head about how to approach women professionally in the field. But it wasn't the full lesson. Mm-hmm. When I got to teaching, still hollering at women. When I was at the Boys and Girls Club, still trying to holler at other Boys and Girls Club people. Uh, when I got to after school All-Stars, I was taking it just a tad more serious, but I still ended up dating one of the people that we was contracting with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I looked at this picture of... <laughs> this is going to sound fucked up. When I looked at this picture of all the women of CTA, it was like, I ain't hollering at none of y'all. yes yes and not because they unattractive because the other thing was when i looked at i was like these are very beautiful women yeah that's growth yeah there was a time in my life where i looked at women as conquests challenges 
trophies, if you will. I'm ashamed of that time, if I'm being honest with you. And I feel like I should be ashamed of that time. And I'm very regretful of some of my actions that I took at that time. I can never say, I can't say that none of them were unethical because I thought we was all playing by the same rules. But I found out niggas is not playing by the same rules. Not at all. <laughs> What's great about these, these, these group of women is that all of them are beautiful, intelligent, skilled, educated, uh, and my relationship to them is professional, safe, platonic, and blooming, and nothing else. I there is I was I think what we were having the conversation in season two that the the thing was like I felt like I felt like I had to reserve myself from these type of relationships because mm-hmm. part of me was always feeling like I was trying to seek a benefit outside of the professionalism. Mm. So I felt like I couldn't always enter into a professional relationship with my full heart like and be fully me and be vulnerable and be like excited and be wrong right Mm -hmm. i had to be impressive and and attractive and and uh alluring and and sexual or uh, sexy i guess Mm -hmm. i had to be those things when i interacted with women before but now after my relationship with women in general has evolved i feel like i can just be me Mm -hmm. so when i see these group of women i see a reflection of open, honest relationships where I feel like they could say anything to me in a professional manner. They could hold me accountable about the things I may say against them in a professional manner. Mm-hmm. We can uphold each other. We can celebrate each other and never have the insinuation, never have the assumption that this relationship is supposed to be more than what this is. It's so, it feels so good to be in the pocket. <laughs> Gross. I and and I, I as much as I want to like like it's still a lot of work to be done. Mm-hmm. Still a lot of work to be done. I just hope the other men around me can see this open honesty and not assume that is an attempt to do something. Even my mindset to think that still thinks there's more work to be done. But yeah, I just wanted to give a moment just to, to give a shout out to the women of CTA to to thank them mm-hmm. for allowing me to to have this moment, even without them knowing, uh, of growth and, and maturity, or maturity as my mother would say. It's another conversation. Uh, maturity um, towards women. I left a, a very long comment on the post. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I get long winded when I get to celebrating women. Don't let me get to talking about you. Lord of mercy. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. All right. What? All right. <laughs> all right. I be talking about you all the time. <laughs> all the time. I be talking about you all the time. I be, talk- I be telling people like, uh, when people see you, I think they assume like meek, <laughs> <laughs> like meek, and like uh, because you're soft spoken, they assume also soft spoken. Yeah. But nah, no, <laughs> nah, nigga, it ain't, it ain't that at all. <laughs> I it ain't at all. Myself a yeah, lot of times. it ain't that at all. I wish you wouldn't. Eh, you say that now. See, about to have a Lovecraft country conversation again. Oh lord. See, I see. I told you about. I don't want no minimization. I want that window all the way open, okay? I don't even want to see the toolbar at the top or the bottom. (laughs) Maximize the window. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't want to see no toolbars or nothing. <laughs> All right, ask me to burn the question of the road so we get about here. Uh, hmm. Oh, before we do that, before we do the burn the question of the roach, let's talk about the weed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Street Lawyer Services, D.C., on A Street, telling BMO sent you. They'll fuck with you a little bit. This is Sativa. The thing about Sativa is that I really love. Uh, this is a fruity, fruity Sativa. The thing about uh, Sativa is that I really love is it's an upper. <laughs> it's a what? It's an upper. <laughs> man, I tell you, man, we had Indica. We had Indica over the weekend. I don't think we did nothing. Oh, my God. We was just slogging around. <laughs> and I can't see how your niggas be smoking Indica in a backwood. Do you love yourself? <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> but yeah, um, the strain, what was it called? The strain is called Pacific Sun. Pacific Sun, yeah. It's very, very light. Very light. It reminds me of, it reminds me of, remember we used to have, uh, was it Tropical Sunrise? Yeah. Oh, what a weed, man. Oh, man. This is a very, it's like a cousin of Tropical Sunrise. It's a great fruity. A little bit of mimosa, too. Ooh. Yeah, I love mimosas. Mimosa is a house favorite. <laughs> <laughs> mimosa is definitely the house favorite. But Pacific Sunrise, it's a good weed. It's a. It's got a light smoke. Uh, it's burning very slow, which I, I really appreciate, which I think uh, is a more of a compliment to the curing process. Mm -hmm. As we've learned, like, you know, the more perfectly cured your product is, the better it burns. You don't got to keep lighting it and lighting it and lighting it. Mm -hmm. You ever get that weed? It's like you just... It's like super moist. And yeah, it's just burn. wet. Nah, yeah. it's just perfectly cured. Again, the thing about Street Lawyer Services is that, you know, they are trying to provide you a good product mm -hmm. that you can get to. Boom. You know what it is? You can look it up. Boom. There it is. It's like a dispensary. Well, it is a dispensary, I suppose. <laughs> now let's get to the burning question of the roach. Burning question. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> On the roach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got to remember that. Right. Now, what you got? Okay, I'm thinking about your relationship uh -huh. to the women at CPA. Yeah. Um... Okay, you said there's still work to be done, but I guess how do you see yourself evolving? Like, how do you know when you are, I guess, secure in? How do you know? Well, I guess the work to be done now is practice. Okay. Right? So now when we have handled theory, mm -hmm. it's now practice. Um, and practice in real life. So there will be times because of the nature of human beings where me and one of these women will have to intersect mm -hmm. on, a, on an emotion mm -hmm. uh, and we'll get it wrong. Mm -hmm. But the strength of relationship is how we'll manage that moment. So, the, so what I mean is, like, there may be a moment where one of them got to pop off of me or I got to pop off of one of them, right? Mm -hmm. But there still has to be professionalism, couth in that to do it. So I've never, at this moment, I haven't had a moment where I've had to uh, venture into the irritated, angry spectrum of emotion. Okay. But when that comes, we got to see how it works. Mm -hmm. because if I'm going to be my full self 
Because if my true self is who I'm trying to be so I can have the fuller relationship with these people, then that also, that doesn't mean just hiding or or dealing with sexual tendencies. Mm-hmm. It's also being able to reveal also parts of yourself. Right. My man Q said one time when we were having a, on the precipice of a new nigga council meeting, my man Q said, I think he said this, he said something to the to the effect of, are we friends if we haven't yelled at each other? Mm. That's an interesting question. Because, like, I'm a passionate man. Yeah. You see it every morning, every Tuesday and Thursday. You see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Passionate about dumb shit. You see me wiping tears away watching some of the dumbest shit. And getting excited over the most excitable things. WrestleMania coming up, by the way. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, I, yeah, the work the work now is to continue to expand who I am when I show up in these situations, but also expand the foundation of trust between me and these women. I think mm-hmm. it is. And and you know what? Like, I, I'm, I'm couching it in specifically the, the women of creative theory, but... Mm-hmm. It actually goes for the more I grow with them, the more that actually affects all my relationships with women. Right. Um, I already feel like I'm a hundred percent self with you. Like you are, my relationship with you is leading the charge of my maturity with women. And then I imagine if there was a daughter to be had, it'll be that. Right. <laughs> a daughter to be had. Right. If there's a daughter to be had. Um, if there's a little be moet, <laughs> be better, Teresa. Um, um, be Betty. <laughs> um, I imagine she will be leading the charge for both of us, mm-hmm. uh, and then trickling down from there. So, like you know, the women of creative theory are not far behind you. But when I think about my new interactions with women. Or like how when I walk into networking spaces, uh, oh, you know, it's a good example. The thing I told you yesterday, I can't say their name right here, but the thing I told you, the thing I told you yeah. yesterday when I went to the place, yeah. right? It was like it, I was able to handle that. Like uh, I walked into a place uh, that I walk into very often, and it was obvious that um, one of the people who works there has a crush on me. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, I would have reciprocated that energy. Mm-hmm. Not even because I wanted to flirt back because I felt like that was my responsibility in the relationship mm-hmm. was to be my responsibility to women was to be engaging, sexual, flirtatious, whatever in that spectrum. Right. But when I walked in the other day and she was, you know, she was on that, I was just like, oh, I see it. I'm still going to treat you like a person like you just another person. I don't, right. I don't have to. I don't have to Google eye you back. I don't have to take you to dinner. I don't got to ask you to coffee. I don't got to expand a relationship. I don't have to do anything else mm-hmm. other than be myself in this moment. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Word. Mm-hmm. All right, good people. Um, we want to thank you for watching. Awake and bake, will you be more? What if we can get the intro popping? Try it real quick.
I don't know. But anyway, I'm sorry, y'all. Um, thank y'all for joining us for another week of Wake and Bake with BMO. We'll be back again on Tuesday, 8 a.m.-ish, right here, wherever you're seeing us. We'll be on Twitter. We'll be on Instagram Live, YouTube. You can always check the podcast out, uh, which is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, anywhere that you can uh, find podcasts, I suppose. Um, yeah, that's it. We got events coming up, so check it out. Make sure you follow us on Wake and Bake with BMO. On Instagram, that's Wake in Bake with BMO on Instagram uh, to check us out, bmoauthentic.com backslash BMO Bake. And yeah, we look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to leave you with a video from my main man, 20 Grand, should be under music video ad number two. He's not an ad, he's just my guy. This is the video that we produced. I'm so proud of it. Thank y'all again for watching. Wake and bake with your BMO. Yeah. Shababa. If you name no place in time, I'll be there. <laughs> it could be another life. I'd be there for you. If it gets cold, I want it. And if it's too loud, I'll calm it down. And if it gets dim, if it all fades out, I'll see you in Technicolor.
If you always out, I see you in second color. Oh, I see you in technicolor. I do. I see you in technicolor. Oh, I see you in technicolor.